from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. VK4 Double B Graham here and thanks for rolling up, as we say, not just for the news, but your sleeves as well. Now, we would like to welcome all, particularly those tuned to this WIA News Bulletin, particularly those using HF. And we're hoping you're hearing us okay, because just last weekend, October 9, a solar eruption produced a coronal mass ejection, or CME, that is now showing its effect on the Earth's magnetic field. Furthermore, magnetometer readings worldwide are showing moderate disruptions. A disturbance of this size is a G2 storm on the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or the NOAA scale. G2 storms can disrupt communication with spacecraft and require updates to satellite position calculations from increased drag. Hopefully, our very own homegrown spacecraft, Binar-1, which has been shot into the vacuum of space, deployed into low Earth orbit from the International Space Station five weeks after blasting off from Cape Canaveral in Florida, is still on track. Director of Curtin Space Science and Technology Centre explained, WA's first homegrown spacecraft is now on a journey to make the first contact before testing critical systems, collecting data and taking photographs from 400 kilometres above Earth. The launch of the first homegrown spacecraft on the SpaceX rocket was exciting, but this moment and the coming few days are the really crucial points for our Binar space program and the team of staff and students who designed and built Binar 1 from scratch, Professor Bland said. We can't wait to hear Binar 1's first words from space, and that'll be the time when we'll be able to declare the success of our first space mission and put us firmly on the path to proving that our technology can deliver. Binar 1 was built to communicate using UHF radio signals, the backbone of an exciting opportunity to engage both the ham radio community and STEM students. The Binar 1 group have been collaborating with amateurs around the world and local school groups, so they're also able to listen to Binar 1 as it passes overhead. And now on WIA National News, we're able to listen in live to VK8ZZ. Our Secretary, Peter Clee. Thanks, Graham, and good morning, listeners. The WIA Merit Award Program identifies and recognises sustained, outstanding achievement in the diverse field of amateur radio that furthers the science of radio and or service to the WIA. It plays an important role in promoting excellence with nominations are to be made by several WIA members and will be decided by the WAA Board of Directors. Nominations are open throughout the entire year and are made using the special form available on the WAA website. Nominations should be made by an individual member of the WAA and supported by two other members of the WAA who may be contacted. The nomination form must also include the details of the individual's achievements. The type of award is not to be included as part of the nomination process, with the decision on the nature of the award made by the WIA Board of Directors. If the nomination is successful, these are usually announced at the WIA Annual General Meeting yearly. All WIA Merit Awards are not necessarily awarded every year. A list of WIA Merit Award recipients and their achievements are published later in Amateur Radio magazine and on the WIA VK1 WIA Sunday morning broadcast. The 
they are also listed on the WIA website. The WIA Merit Awards are the GA Taylor Medal, the Michael J. Owen Distinction Medal, WIA Honorary Life Membership, the Chris Jones Award, the Brenda Edmonds Award, the Ron Wilkinson Achievement Award, the WIA Technical Excellence Award, and President's Commendations. In addition, awards are given by the WIA Publications Committee for contributions to the WIA Journal, Amateur Radio Magazine. These are also announced at the WIA Annual General Meeting and later appear in Amateur Radio Magazine and on the WIA News. The Publications Committee Awards are the Alan Shawsmith Award, the Higginbotham Award and the Technical Award. So get your nominations in. This has been Peter, the WIA Secretary and Director, and I'm wishing you all a great weekend. Now, international news with Jason, Victor Kilo 2, Lima Alpha Whiskey. Hello, we begin international news from Region 1. The Finnish Radio Amateur Association, SRAL, has decided to apply for membership of the National Defence Training Association, MPK. The MPK is a national training organisation which trains and educates citizens to be prepared for and survive dangerous situations in everyday life and under exceptional conditions. MPK is a nationwide training organisation for total national defence that trains citizens to cope better in everyday disruptions and exceptional circumstances. MPK also acts as a training cooperation organisation in the field of voluntary national defence. The association considers that membership is justified because a large part of the new radio amateur qualifications are currently completed at the end of courses organised by the MPK and amateur radio clubs in cooperation. Those who have completed the amateur radio qualification are key targets in SRAL's membership acquisition. The aim of the association is to provide new radio amateurs with high-quality training material also for those who train through MPK. SRAL is the only recipient of qualification examinations for radio amateurs authorised by the Finnish Transport and Communications Agency Traficom, covering the whole country. The courses and qualification examinations follow the principles approved by Traficom. As a member organisation, SRAL can participate in these projects by providing its own special expertise. For example, in training resources for backup communications networks, emergency power and radio technology. MPK is more easily able to support the training of its member organisations. The Billsdale Transmitter Fire Damage TV Mast Demolished That huge TV and radio mast which was irreparably damaged by fire has been felled in a controlled demolition. The Billsdale transmitter caught fire on the 10th of August, leaving more than 600,000 homes across Teesside, County Durham and North Yorkshire without a signal. Arkiva, which operated the 314-metre-high mast on the North York Moors, said it acted quickly to demolish it while weather conditions allowed. A temporary replacement tower is due to be made operational next week. Arkiva said the new transmitter which will stand 80 metres high, will restore TV services to more than 90% of affected households. Sections of the demolished structure have been preserved and will be examined as the investigation to determine the cause of the blaze continues. 
Id News from Region 2. ARRL President Rick Roderick, Kilo 5, Uniform Romeo, in a written statement on the newly filed HR 5378 before the U.S. House Commerce, Communications and Technology Subcommittee urged Congress to direct the FCC to preserve amateur radio's secondary use of the 3 GHz band. President Roderick's statement was the result of a quick, well-organised response by ARRL to counter the continuing threat to amateur radio's secondary use of the 3 GHz band. Approximately 10 days ago, ARRL became aware of a provision in the $3.5 billion budget reconciliation bill that would have required approximately 200 MHz of the 3.1 to 3.45 GHz band be reallocated to the use of 5G vendors. Moving swiftly, the ARRL Executive Committee authorised FCC Council to begin preparations to respond. The Executive Committee and the Legislative Advocacy Committee immediately tasked ARRL's lobbyists to initiate efforts to obtain support for ARRL's position. Meetings were held on short notice to request support with the offices of subcommittee members Kinzinger and Wahlberg. In addition, ARRL's lobbyists, Atlantic Vice Director Bob Famiglio, Kilo 3 Romeo Foxtrot, and Washington Council David Siddle, Kilo 3 Zulu Juliet, met with Chairman Doyle's Chief of Staff on October 1 to explain the importance of amateur radio maintaining authority to operate in the 3.3 to 3.45 GHz band. ARRL, on behalf of more than 750,000 amateur licensees in the United States, respectfully requests that Congress take this opportunity to instruct the Commission in HR 5378 that radio amateur secondary users should continue to be authorised in the 3 GHz band, Roderick concluded. He said there's no technical basis for removing amateur secondary operations from the 3 GHz band where amateurs have long used the bits and pieces of unused spectrum for technological innovation. ARRL's efforts to preserve the right of amateur radio licensees to use the 3.3 to 3.45 GHz band on a secondary basis will continue. And wrapping up international news from Region 3, Japan, Koga, Ibaraki Prefecture. Standing tall and proud over an area of 1 million square metres or so, a forest of steel towers in two-tone red and white is the dominant feature under the blue sky against the backdrop of Mount Tsukubasan. This is KDDI Kors Yamata Transmitting Station, Japan's only facility broadcasting shortwave radio programs to overseas listeners. The station started broadcasts on January 1st, 1941. Shortwave radios were the primary means for people across the world to receive audio content from Japan before satellites and submarine cables came into existence. The 1945 announcement of Japan's surrender by Emperor Hirohito was transmitted from here to military personnel on overseas battlefronts. Japan's propaganda broadcasts to its colonies, as well as the Zero Hour, an English-language radio program aimed at demoralising US troops in the South Pacific were broadcast from here. Japanese women were mobilised from surrounding areas and put in charge of radio transmission, maintenance and other services because engineers at the station were pressed into military service to work as communications officers. Shortwave radios served as a source of information during the Persian Gulf War in 1990 for Japanese people stranded in the Middle East. 
The transmitting station is broadcasting NHK's World Radio Japan program. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. That contest challenge has been run and the results are in. Jack, NG2E, took out the top spot with the grand total of 615,924 points. His six contacts were from all around the US, plus one that went all the way from his Hogback Madden Soda Summit, W4V-SH007 in Virginia, to French Soda Chaser Christian, F4WBN, near the French-Spanish border. The most efficient contact measured in kilometres per watt used was that same Virginia-France contact with 6,340 kilometres per watt achieved. So, this year... Both the overall winner and the furthest kilometre per watt contact title go to that one person, Jack Hefner, NG2E. The number of entrants was a little disappointing. There were only 18, far more had been hoped for in this, the second year of the challenge. Of those entering, however, there was a wide variety of power levels and modes, both from home and portable locations. Of the 18 entrants, 15 were from the US, 2 were from Europe and 1 from Australia. CWL Wide Phone, October 30-31 and CW Contest, November 27-28. New Youth Category for ZQ Worldwide CQ Worldwide Phone Contest, which takes place October 30 and 31, has a new youth category for people aged 25 years or younger. The annual CQ Worldwide Phone and CW Contest are great opportunities for young operators to get on the air and contact DX stations from all around the world. This year is special for young operators because of the new youth category for anyone 25 years or younger. The new youth category has created a lot of interest and IAA Region 2 is one of the several organisations sponsoring plaques for the top young scorers. In Region 2 there are four plaques. Top youth score in South America for both the CQ Worldwide Phone and CW contests and similar awards for the top scorer in North America in both contests. In fact, youth plaques are sponsored for all continents in both the phone and CW contests. Spring VHF UHF Field Days, November 27-28 CQ Worldwide CW Contest, November 27-28 December 4 and 5, 160 metres worldwide December 11 12, 10 metres worldwide 2022 January the entire month every year is the WIA Rosshull VHF UHF Marathon Contest 0000 hours 1 January to 2359 hours UTC 31st January. WIA VHF UHF Field Days Summer 2022 0100 hours UTC Saturday 15 January through 0059 hours UTC Sunday 16 January. Deficit BK6 DX Window Kingdom of Eswatini All of a sudden, Kingdom of Eswatini, Swaziland has become a popular spot for the expeditions. Three operations are planned for October and one for November. Here are the upcoming operations. 3DA0RU, Russian expedition team, will be active until October 22nd. QSL via R7AL, direct or by the Bureau. 3DA0WW, Latvian RSF team, will be active until October 26th. 
Activity will be on the 160-10 meter bands using CWSSB in various digital modes. QSL via operator's instructions. 3DA0RR. There have been reports that Roman Vega, aka Romeo Stepanenko, 3W3RR, is expected to be activated as 3DA0RR until this weekend, October 16-17, VK dateline. However, even if Romeo's 3DARR operation is taking place, his operation probably will not count as he has been banned, disqualified from participation in the DXCC program in any manner. This was activated by the AWL Awards Committee after they reviewed all of the documentation for Romeo's 1992-1993 P5RS7 North Korea operation. Republic of Korea, HL. Special call sign HL30UN is queued up until October 31 to celebrate the 30th anniversary since the Republic of Korea was admitted to membership in the United Nations. QSL via EA5GL. Antarctica. A group of operators are QRV as KC4USV for McMurdo Station on Ross Island. IOTA AN011. Until October 31. Activities on 40 and 20 metres using SSB and FT8. QSL via K7MT. BBC Centenary Special Event GB100 BBC. Members of the BBC's Radio Club, the London BBC Radio Group, have been granted an exceptional all-year special event call sign to help celebrate the BBC centenary year in 2022. Ofcom will permit GB100 BBC to operate throughout the year, starting at midnight on New Year's Day from the headquarters station in Broadcasting House, London. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Media Watch and Ham Radio Film Short, Night Comes to Light. This story takes us to the movies, namely to the screening of a short film featuring student actors and amateur radio. Mike Askins, KE5CXP from Amateur Radio Newsline, has the wrap. In 34 harrowing minutes... A world awakens, darkened by a sudden and unexplained absence of morning sun. Amateur Radio provides a lifeline for a group of terrified children who've discovered they've been plunged into an endless state of midnight. (coughs) Excuse me. That's better. This is the plot of the film short, Night, which premiered recently on YouTube following its release by John DiQuino's Young Actors Workshop, a California-based drama school. The workshop had reached out to the Edmund Amateur Radio Society, K5EOK, for technical assistance to prepare for the filming in Stillwater, Oklahoma. The young actors may all be relative unknowns for now, but hams in Oklahoma and beyond might recognize two of the names in the credits, Marcus Sutliff, N5ZY, and Kevin O'Dell, N0IRW. Marcus gets special thanks for making the connections with the club, and Kevin is credited as technical advisor. Kevin, who has an extensive film and video production background, is also featured in a key speaking role as the Colonel. The radio operator the youngsters reach out to for guidance. The Colonel tells them that a nuclear blast has occurred, putting a shroud of darkness between the Earth and the Sun. Written and directed by John DiQuino, the film is a showcase for the young student actors 
and was created with assistance from the Oklahoma Film and Music Office. But even within its plotline of darkness and destruction, amateur radio emerges as a shining light and a ray of hope for making meaningful connections in troubled times. To view the film, see the link in the printed version of this week's script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Haskins, KE5 CXP. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Pala Girl Scouts Troop Number 122 launched a balloon with the Palarameter Radio Club that recently ended its course after several trips around the globe. That's the balloon, not the club itself. In August, the two groups launched an amateur radio GPS receiver attached to a balloon. As often happens in area classrooms throughout the academic year at Pellerant Pella Christian. This project served as part of their Girl Guide Cadet Citizen Scientist journey on August 3rd, 2021, and they were able to track the balloon on their computers and smartphones wherever it travelled ever since. Their balloon went around the world almost three and a half times before it tried to fly over the top of a hurricane on October 1st. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Computing The official release date for the new Windows 11 was October 5, Microsoft announced, but it will be a slow reveal. Radio amateurs may be eager to learn if it will run the station's software they're running under Windows 7 or Windows 10, and if they'll need new device drivers. Tom Wagner, N1MM, of the widely popular free logging software that bears his callsign, N1MM Logger Plus, said that they're not too concerned. One member of the team and one end user has tested with Windows 11 and not reported any issues. Tom added, we'll fix them if they do arise. Bill Somerville, G4WJS, said the WSJTX development group is similarly unconcerned with a few WSJTX users running the beta Windows 11 release without any issues. Bill said this seems to be reasonable evidence that there should be no serious problems. Microsoft said that the free upgrade to Windows 11 has begun rolling out to eligible Windows 10 PCs and PCs that come preloaded with Windows 11 will start to become available for purchase sometime from October the 5th. Windows 11 has higher technical requirements than Windows 10, which will be deprecated in 2025. Microsoft no longer supports Windows 7 or earlier iterations. Machines will need to have a 64-bit CPU, 4GB of RAM, 64GB of storage, and have Trusted Platform Module, TPM, Version 1.2 or later enabled. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Digital. Cuba publishes list of authorized amateur radio digital modes. After a four-year wait, Cuba's amateur radio regulator, MINCOM, has finally published a detailed list of the digital modes amateurs are authorized to use. Wait for it? All 321 of them. If a new mode comes along, apparently they can use it immediately. No need to ask for official permission. But the situation in other countries is not so good. Excessive bureaucracy and over-regulation in some countries can result in the regulator detailing every single mode a radio amateur is allowed to use. In the case of Cuba, this has resulted in the Ministry of Communications issuing a list of 321 digital modes that amateurs can use. The drawback with such lists is that they are never comprehensive. Some modes will get missed, 
and it can be a bureaucratic nightmare to get new modes added to the list. In the case of Cuba's lists, the digital modes C4FM, D-Star, DMR and Q65 are all missing, which means they can't be used. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, UOSAT Oscar 9, UOSAT 1, developed at the University of Surrey by Martin Sweeting, G3YJO and his team, was launched into orbit 40 years ago on October 6, 1981. UOSAT was the first modern micro-satellite with in-orbit reprogrammable computers, and its signals were decoded and analysed by thousands of radio amateurs, schools and universities around the world. Find out about the audacious favours Sir Martin Sweeting, G3YJO, called in to get UOSAT-1 off the ground in 1981 and the ingenious hack he used to vibration test it using a car and Guildford High Street. Read the UOSAT-1 story at the link we like in this week's wia.org.au newscast. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Medical Wednesday, October 13, the Oswego County Emergency Communicators, Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Services, RACES, hosted a training session on the use of naloxone, also known as Narcan. A radio club thinking outside the box and helping their local community, the objective of this initiative was to train likely opioid overdose witnesses, community members, first responders, and people in immediate need across New York to identify an overdose and effectively use naloxone to perform a rescue. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Calling frequencies for Jota. The entire list is to be found in this week's text edition, so to maximise scout and guide contacts this weekend, have a read, make a note, then when you make a contact, please QSY off the calling frequency. Yep, Jota Jotai is taking place this weekend, when hundreds of scout and guide stations take part so VK troops, get your ears on. This is scouting's largest event in the world, and during Jota Jotai, scouts, guides and hams around the world, around the nation, and in your local LGA, meet on the air via amateur radio. Scouts typically exchange such information as name, location, scout rank, favourite TikTok artist and hobbies, and it's expected that many participating scouts will achieve their very own amateur radio licences. Keep an ear out for Ross, VK3ZNR, and yours truly, VK3GTV. We're operating several HF bands at the Kerrang Scout Hall in Northern Victoria. More information, including a full list of participating stations, can be found on Jota Jotai, that's J-O-T-A-J-O-T-I, dot info. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Yota, Youngsters on the Air. Ten-year-old is the youngest radio amateur in France and the overseas territories is 10-year-old Florian Barrett, FR4UG, in Reunion Island, who holds the French HAREC-equivalent licence. The Amateur Radio Club of St. Leu in Reunion Island is proud of the success of Florian Barrett, its youngest member, who becomes FR4UG. Jackie, FR4NP, trainer at ARRA, is not used to training such young candidates and has had to adapt his teaching methods. For a 10-year-old college student, it can seem difficult. In his words, he was explained notions like the power of 10, the square root. These teachers now find that he's acquired an ease in understanding mathematics. There is only one class of license available in France and the overseas territories. France's entry-level exam for the F0 callsign, which permitted operating analog modes in the 144 MHz band, was scrapped in 2012. The French Harrick exam 
comprises 40 questions, 20 on rules and regulations, and 20 on technical theory. Rewind. With Rewind, I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. BBC TV archive clip of 1949, ham radio contact. On October 6, 2021, the BBC archive shared a clip of a news item about a radio amateur's reception of BBC TV pictures in Cape Town, South Africa in 1949. It includes an on-air contact. The BBC news item describes the remarkable reception of BBC television pictures from Alexandra Palace, London, on 45 megahertz by Henry Ryder, ZS1P, in Cape Town, South Africa. The clip features a contact between Mr C.G. Allen, G8IG, of Kent, and Henry, ZS1P, in which G8IG asks Henry questions about the TV reception. See the BBC Archive tweet and video at the link we like in this week's text edition of this news. Best read at wia.org.au. This SARL mentions that, reading about Henry ZS1P's achievement in the magazine Radio ZS, inspired Mike Bosch, ZS2FM, to receive the BBC TV transmissions in 1956. And there's a brief description of the equipment use. For now, my time is up. With Rewind, I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. Now the 2021 social scene in VK6 is Perth Tech next Saturday, October 23. And in VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest by Spark happens 9.30am, November 14. And with that, I'm out of here. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia... This has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.